Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Everybody and welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast Italian Grand Prix review. Let's uh, get the obvious out of the way. I'm not Ollie. Ollie is elsewhere today, so it is me and Charlotte today. It's not the news roundup show though. Don't get confused. That comes out midweek. This is the Italian Grand Prix review. How are you, Charlotte? I am very, very well, Dan. I am so excited for this podcast, and I think you are as well. So you know what? Let's not mess around. Let's go. We had a banger of a Grand Prix is the only way to describe that. What a what a weekend it was, really. Monza, Monza delivered, didn't it? A hundred percent. I mean, it was the second sprint race weekend. So that brought in some new things and different positions for people. And um, oh, I just I don't want to give away too much because we're going to go, you know, step by step of the weekend. But I am so buzzing. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? What, we, I don't think anyone knows quite what to say after that. I, I don't. I don't know how I'm going to get through the next hour or so. But we will. We'll get through it together. We'll get through it together. The weekend started with, I suppose, the weekend started with the news that Kimi Raikkonen wasn't going to be there. But Robert Kubica was back, which which is nice. I like Robert Kubica. You know, he's filling in decently. Say how he got on the race because that would be a spoiler. But he did decently, he did decently. Um, FP1 was a fairly quiet session, actually. Not a lot happened. Hamilton topped the times from Verstappen, Bottas. Lance Stroll popped up in P4 somehow. Does anything particularly exciting happen in FP1? I know you did the report for that, which you can find on formulanerds.com. 
Yeah, I mean, that session was relatively quite normal. Not too much happened. Um, we did have Yuki Sonoda radio his team saying he had a loose seatbelt. Um, George Russell was sporting the helmet camera as well, which uh, provided... Oh, yeah, that was back, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great as well because Williams obviously had that different dash and steering wheel compared to many of the other teams. So that was great insight to see how he drives and, you know, another comparison against... It was Alonso, wasn't it? It was Alonso, It yeah. was Alonso. Last time. Yeah, so that was nice. Um, and then, yes, the last 20 minutes of the session was a simulation for... Um, the quali, which was taking place later that day. And uh, Lando Norris's engineer, Will Joseph, did come on and say that, be aware, there's going to be some traffic, which we did see a little bit of chaos um, because everyone's fighting for track position at Monza, as we all very much know now. Um, but yeah, see, Max was definitely on the back foot and Mercedes completely dominating. And as you say, Lance Stroll, Mercedes engine for Aston Martin, were absolutely killing it. Hamilton was nearly half a second clear of Verstappen. So Hamilton weekend domination was surely going to be what happened. Not quite. Not, Not quite. quite. Not quite. <laughs> we had a sprint weekend, as I completely forgot to mention at the top of the show. So Friday evening was qualifying and, well, wow. Basically, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it in uh, in order. So Q1, we saw Mazepin, Kubica, Schumacher, Latifi and Russell originally go out and then Yuki Tsunoda had a lap time deleted so he went out and Latifi was just just about missed out on Q2 which is a shame but no massive surprises there in Q1 would you say? Uh, not particularly obviously it was for five seconds with George Russell because obviously he has been doing some great qualies this year and making it into Q2 and he didn't but fortunately for him, Yuki Tsunoda's time got deleted, which I felt really gutted for him because obviously Alpha Tauri were really strong last year. Um, so I kind of wanted to see what Yuki could do. But unfortunately for him, he was out in Q1. Should have kept it within the white lines then, shouldn't he? Mm. Not a lot more to say on that one. <laughs> Into Q2. Now, before we go through the Q2 result, what on earth was that mess in the pit lane? How someone didn't get hurt? when all these cars were coming out, all from their garages, all at the same time, there were mechanics in the way. I, I almost forgot about that. Oh, my goodness. That was ridiculous. I don't know how... No, I don't think anyone got uh, unsafe release, like, penalties or warnings, did they, in the end? Because... I believe a couple of people... I can't think of the drivers off the top of my head, but they got $5,000 fines. Oh, did they? Because I, I think, think it was the Euro, Aston Martins, wasn't remember. it? Yeah, I think one of them was definitely Vettel, but I can't think who the other one was. Because I'm sure it was both Aston Martins and one of them really, I think I want to say Stroll, really pushed Hamilton very close into the wall um, on, you know, coming out from the pits. And I just, I you know, they say it every year. It's just ridiculous that this keeps happening. And it's so unsafe, especially in the pit lane when there are people out and about with, you know, the race engineers going, right, let's get out onto track. You know, if a car collided and spanned, that could be some really serious fatalities even, you know, which we do not want to see for obvious reasons. Um, mm. Yeah, just, I couldn't believe it. No, neither could I. I mean, an Alpine mechanic very, very, very nearly got hit. And I think Martin Brundle said this in the coverage, there is a minimum lap time, but it still allows for 30, 40 seconds of 
nothing really speed-wise. So maybe they need to lower the lap time. Do they need to ban queuing in certain corners? What can you do to solve it? I can't really... Yeah, know, I'm not um, the FIA. I'm pretty sure it's 1 minute 43 that's ringing a bell. Um, so they do have enough time. But obviously, as well for this track, they all want a tow. So they're all trying to work out who is going to give them a tow. Their teammates or, you know, I think um, Max got a good tow off uh, Pierre Gasly at one point. I can't remember which part of qualifying it was. Um, so... This definitely needs to be looked at for the future because this really cannot keep happening. No, it can't. It can't. But by the time we got through that shambles and to the, and to the end of Q2, even, we lost George Russell, Esteban Ocon, Fernando Alonso, Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel. Both Alpines and both Aston Martins. Is that a surprise? Partly. I would say yes and no. Um, I think yes for the Aston Martins because they looked really strong, as we have previously said, in that practice, literally a few hours before quali. And, you know, they had the Mercedes engine. Mercedes seemed so strong at this circuit. You thought, OK, maybe at least one of them would get into Q3. And I think with the Alpines, they've got good straight line speed, but it just seemed like they couldn't get it together. No, no, not at all. And then Q3 rolled around and little moment here just to say Antonio Giovinazzi getting into Q3 again in an Alfa Romeo. What a performance by the man. He's told he seats under threat and then boom, he turns into Lewis Hamilton. Oh, he's killing it. Like, I don't think he had been in Q3 before Dutch Grand Prix last weekend and now he's had it back to back. Like, this man is rapid. It's amazing, especially for his home race. That must feel so exciting. And they were sporting that beautiful livery this weekend, just adding a little bit of green to the Alfa Romeo. Um, and yeah, really, really good performance. I'm very, very happy of Giovinazzi at the moment. So he was P10 in Q3. P9, we had Sergio Perez. He very much played the team game for Max yeah. Verstappen. Uh, I do think Red Bull left him in the mud a little bit because Bottas also played the team game for Hamilton and still found a toe of his own. Yeah, it just seems that that was definitely in the way. I think uh, Ham was always behind Bottas and then Max was obviously always behind Sergio Perez. And it just looks like Perez just couldn't Behind do it. on the track, not behind in finishing position, yes. just to clarify that. Yes, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> coming out onto track. Yeah, it just seems like he couldn't get it together in a way. Um I know the rebels were struggling more this weekend, but I don't I don't know what to say about Perez on that performance. Not good enough, really. Ouch! Harsh words from Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> P seven and eight were the two Ferraris: Leclerc P eight, Science P seven. No major surprise, really, with how they're going this year. Pierre Gasly popped in P six again. What what a performance from him! He is just killing it constantly like I, I can't I don't actually know what number of top six appearances it is so far this season but it's quite a, a bit lot. now it's a lot he's doing amazing he's absolutely outperforming that car obviously he had great success here last year as we all know he won the Italian Grand Prix um and yeah it's just an amazing performance it makes you think oh what could he do in the sprint race what could he do in the sprint race indeed we will get on to that P5, Daniel Ricciardo, P4, Lando Norris. Very good session for McLaren. And I can't talk about this, Charlotte. You are dressed head to toe in orange. What did you think <laughs> of their qualifying performance? Qualifying, we are talking about Friday qualifying right now, just to be clear. Not sprint qualifying, Friday qualifying. Yeah, just the Friday qualifying, which sets the grid for the sprint race on Saturday. Um, yes. You know what? 
P4 and 5 is amazing. However, it was almost slightly painful because Lando Norris was killing it in Q1 and Q2. I think he was P3 both times and Daniel Ricciardo was not far off that at all. Um, but just unfortunately, I mean, uh, spoiler alert now, Max Verstappen just got ahead and they were only, I think, two hundredths and like just even like six milliseconds, something like that, like ridiculous margins off a higher grid place. And you just kind of thought, oh, that would have been amazing if they could have just got that bit closer. And, you know, I think Ricardo was definitely disappointed because he knew he had the potential. He knew he could be that further ahead in um, grid positions. But still, that is an amazing, amazing quality from both of them. And once again, it's all to play for for the sprint quality on Saturday. Absolutely. Max Verstappen popped it on P3, which I think is the best that he could have done, given that that is not a Red Bull circuit. I think that's solid enough from Max. Yeah, Helped 100%. Out by Perez. Yeah, 100%. It was actually almost surprising, I want to say, because he had been struggling. I don't think he did better than P4 or even 5 before Q3. And all of a sudden, he was able to kind of put a lap together and was able to start third, which was almost frustrating because I kind of wanted to see maybe him struggle a little bit more. And obviously, I'm a little bit biased. I wanted my McLaren boys to do well. But um, yeah, well done to Max on that. Max, 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 super. Max, Max has been in my head all weekend. I can't get it out of my head. It's so annoying. Come on, Dad, After the done. first... Ru- <laughs> sorry, sorry. After the first runs in Q3, uh, Valtteri Bottas was second and Lewis Hamilton was first. Yeah. In fact, no, Valtteri Bottas was fifth or sixth. He was a long way down the order, but yeah. he did tow the entire field around on those first runs. Yes, he did. I'll let, I'll let so you good. keep going, Dan. I'll let you keep going. All looked so good man. for a Lewis Hamilton pole position. Uh, Max Verstappen front row but then Valtteri Bottas popped it on pole he is the speed king it wasn't pole sorry I got too excited but what a man <laughs> what a lap what a legend I honestly was shocked but in a really good way not because I knew that he couldn't do it but it's just as you said he was like P5 or 6 and then all of a sudden he was flying absolutely killed it he was uh, a tenth in front of Lewis Hamilton secured speaking and it was just it was just amazing honestly that was a mega lap from Bottas especially after the week he's had you know announcing that he'll be going to Alfa Romeo and George Russell will be taking his seat it was just the perfect result he could have had and uh, I think it was just, I was just going to say Dan has got um, a great t-shirt on today that I think my uh, t-shirt that I'm wearing today says, <laughs> to whom it may concern you, is exactly. what my t-shirt says today. And I think Bottas, although he didn't literally say that, he said that in Friday. He said, I have got the speed. I am the fastest man in the field. Give me Speed King. Speed King at the Temple of Speed. He has now tied Lewis Hamilton for the most Speed King awards. Wow, what a stat that is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, there has only been two. But yes. Yeah, let's not yes. get bogged down with facts. <laughs> You're right, Dan, you're right. Exactly, exactly. So that, yeah, well, wow, I was at work. I actually missed qualifying. I saw that result and got very excited and it made work a lot more bearable. So, But what a performance by Valtteri Bartas. Yeah, I cannot cannot fault the man. Not, he did everything perfectly that session. It's not very often I get to say that. And, and that was the thing. He was 
Was he ahead of Lewis Hamilton on track at, um, during that lap? I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if he was ahead of Lewis Hamilton. No, no, Hamilton was behind him. So, yes, he was ahead, um, yeah. but he had a toe from someone else. But that's the thing. He wasn't getting a toe from his teammate. He did this off his own back. He wasn't having the aid from Mercedes. This was all him. And that's what I was just thinking. This is amazing. He deserved it wholeheartedly. You can see how much it meant to him as well. Like It was amazing. And I just thought of you, Dad. I was just thinking, like, he must be buzzing. I <laughs> I loved on the team reality, he was like, yes, aha, boom. <laughs> he, just, he let all his emotions out. It was absolutely brilliant. I remember Toto Wolf saying in the um, in the show on Sky afterwards, he said, the plan was for Bottas to go out first again. And then Bottas said, oh, give me a toe. I'll go three tenths quicker. Then he got a toe and went three tenths quicker. And Toto was like, wow, fair play. Fair play. We then moved on to FP2, um, where, again, fairly quiet session. Teams were focusing a lot on long-run pace. Somehow the Alfa Romeos were sixth and seventh with Kubica leading Giovinazzi. But Carlos Sainz had a massive smash. Yeah, it was a huge one. It looked pretty painful. Um, and I think he did radio saying that he was a bit sore and it was a bit of a shock. But... Um, Thankfully, he was all good and he was okay. He was, yeah. So I say teams weren't weren't particularly focusing on uh, on long run on short run pace. Sorry, they were focusing on long run on long run for that. So FB two was just warming up for what was to come. Saturday afternoon saw sprint qualifying. It wasn't the most exciting in thing in the world. Just to give a little overview of it. Um, the biggest loser was definitely Pierre Gasly from that. He made slight contact on the first lap with, I believe it was a McLaren. It was Daniel and then Ricardo. Run over his own, uh, uh, <laughs> and then run over his own front, wearing a front front ring, front wing, easy for me to say. And yeah, just went into the barriers and was out of the, out of the sprint qualifying, unfortunately. Yeah, it was a massive shame. Um, he had a pretty decent start, I think, um, well... Hamilton was struggling, we'll get into that. But um, he was able to get a decent track position. I think he was on the outside um, going into turn one. He was on the left-hand side. I think that's the outside. Um, but unfortunately... Outside of turn one, inside of turn two. Yes, exactly that. Thank you, Dan. Um, but meanwhile, in front of him, we had Max and Daniel kind of battling. Daniel had yielded a bit, which then led to Pierre Gasly just touching um, the back tyres of Daniel Ricciardo, which then meant he had front wing damage. And then unfortunately went straight into the barrier not long after that. But um, yeah, just a massive shame. A massive, massive shame because he was looking proper racy. And once again, I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do in that sprint qualifying ahead of Sunday. But it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't. It, it wasn't, sadly. Um, off the line, the biggest shock was Lewis Hamilton. He's known for his starts, and he just dropped like a stone. He was His initial launch was okay, and then he had so much wheel spin in the second phase and got overtaken by Verstappen, Ricardo, and Norris. It really was a massive surprise because I thought, you know, he, he's going to kill that. It's, you know, he's ahead of Max. He knows how important this is. Um, and he's always really good at starts, like you say, but he just struggled, and Lando was just coming right up behind him did a, re a really scary move going on the inside of him. Um, but he just couldn't put it together. It just was 
it was just such a shock. It was. It was a big surprise. It was a big surprise. And the other, I'd almost describe it as a shock, was Danny Rick getting ahead of Lando. Yeah, and no. Daniel has shown actually this season that he has done very well at the starts. So has Lando, to be fair. But as you know, Daniel has been a bit further back on the grid. Um, I don't think maybe it's been as noticed, but he has always been able to make up places. Um, and especially Friday, he was saying, you know, he felt like he had more to give. He wanted a better result. I think he thought, right, this is my redemption. I'm now going to make up for what I deserved the day before. So he went for it and he got a really good place on track and he was able to get into P3 by turn two. He was. He was. And it kind of really stayed like that. The only thing we haven't mentioned was the absolutely dominant, commanding, beautiful performance by the beautiful man that is Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, I am very impressed with Valtteri Bottas. You know, I don't want to say he hasn't been the best at starts. This season, not not. No, brilliant. I was fully expecting him to drop back. Yeah, I I not won't lie. lie. I'm glad you said that, so I can say it now. Yeah, I thought he was going to bottle it at the beginning, and um, Lewis was going to get past, and probably maybe he'd be battling more Max, but he had, he had a flying start. I think he was quite the, the opposite. It was Wait, sensational. Once again, where has this Valtteri Bottas been all season? It's absolutely grinding my gears. Hey, that's a nice little motorsport pun. Um, <laughs> See. Oh, oh, that was so horrible. Um, yeah, an incredible start. Absolutely amazing. And then that, I mean, that was it for him. Off he went, flying. Yeah, never looked back. Never looked back at all. So, um, yeah, he won. He won sprint qualifying. Lovely job. Three points in the bag. That's more points than Red Bull. Two points for Verstappen and the one point for Daniel Ricciardo finishing P3. Of course, what we haven't mentioned was that Bottas was starting last on the grid due to a power unit change. So it was kind of irrelevant. But it did take the points off of Red Bull, which was the main reason that he was there. He was, you know, Toto and Mercedes have made no secret that the plan was to swap in with Lewis, but they couldn't because Lewis fell back. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, that was exactly what I was expecting. I thought, obviously, I thought Valtteri probably could keep the lead, but if he, you know, if he did... And Lewis Hamilton was second. I fully expected them to go, right, Valtteri, you need to let Lewis pass, please. Um, that was my complete race prediction for that. I thought, right, there you go. Done deal. But no. And I was just so, so pleased that he was able to keep that to help Mercedes in that constructors fight and uh, kind of start what they what they wanted to finish. Absolutely. He did a perfect job on Friday and Saturday. Everyone tries to find things they can criticise him for. I don't think there is anything on Friday or Saturday. It was it was perfect. And yes, and before I know someone's going to say this. So before you go, oh, he had a new engine. So what? He still had to do the goods and he came up with the goods. So yeah. beautiful performance from a beautiful man. And once again, another to whom it may concern FU movement. <laughs> he didn't say, but that's because he was so focused on Sunday at that point, he knew he was starting last. But that's not important. The important thing is he got the three points, whereas Red Bull only got two. And these one points could make all the difference in this year's Constructors' Championship. Exactly. OK, let's move on to the Italian Grand Prix, the main race. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. What, what a race it was. We're not going to talk about every lap because that's a bit boring, but we I will wish talk we you could. through the first lap. <laughs> I wish we could as well, but we can't. 
Um, we will talk through the first lap because a lot happened. In fact, before the checkered flag, uh, before the uh, uh, before the start, got yeah. there eventually. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda was wheeled off the grid and into the AlphaTauri garage. I believe he had a brake issue and couldn't start the Grand Prix. Yeah, I say I've... with not much confidence. Yes, no, I think you are right. I think they originally said suspension and then they later said it was a brake issue. Um, and just bef- as I think all the cars were going round on the formation lap, you saw Gasly was in the garage waiting to come out as he'd be starting from the pit lane. And then they showed Yuki's car completely with no no one around it, not getting yeah. ready, <laughs> no wheels on the car. And it was kind of just like, okay, he will not be partaking in the Italian Grand Prix, which is once again... A real, real shame because I think he had a lot of potential here. Didn't he do very well in F2 last year, I want to say? Or am I making that up? He got into a bit of conflict with Mazepin in F2 last year. That was when Mazepin hit the park for May Bollard and Sonoda had to jump out of the way. But yeah, he did do well in F2 last year. He um, did. To answer your actual question. <laughs> yes, I know. I actually, that I thought he was there. but um, So that means I think he won, didn't he, last year? Um, Maybe. <laughs> you've, right. caught, you've caught me out. Call me out there. I don't remember every F2 race from last season, I'm afraid. We'll um, leave it. We won't, we, won't, we won't put this in, don't worry. Uh, well, maybe maybe we will, maybe we won't. We'll see. If you can hear it, I've left it in. If you can't hear it, I've taken it out. <laughs> um, uh. Two o'clock, lights out, and away we go. Daniel Ricciardo. What a start. Took the lead from, from Max Verstappen. Hamilton jumped Norris into P3. Oh, just don't, don't even... I, right, guys, I just want to apologise in advance because this is where I will be gushing. Daniel oh, Ricciardo. Oh, we both will, don't you worry. <laughs> different mean, drivers, but... Different drivers, different, you know, for different reasons. But Daniel Ricciardo, oh my goodness, the honey badger. He absolutely killed that start. He completely got ahead of Max on that opening bit. And, you know, Lando Norris did pretty well to kind of keep Hamilton at bay. Uh, Lewis Hamilton did take the inside line, which helped him in the end into that first chicane for turn one and two, which then allowed him to get just ahead of Lando Norris, which then put him into P4. But all hope was not lost, was it, Dan? All hope was not lost at all. Antonio Giovinazzi went off, came back on a bit dodgily, really kind of got in the way of Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz tagged Antonio Giovinazzi and into the wall. He lost his front wing and went to the back of the field. I was so gutted for him. But you know oh, what, though? can't catch a break. Even before that, we had Max and Lewis uh, into the next chicane. They were battling, but we'll speak about that after. I was absolutely gutted about Giovinazzi because he was looking so racy. He was completely giving the Ferrari something to sweat about. Um, I think he was battling for p5 um and he looks like he was proper on for it as well you know he's he has been known for his starts um you know further back in the field but this time in the top 10 and uh unfortunately he rejoined he rejoined after that chicane not in the best way um and unfortunately hit carlos Sainz, which then just sent him kind of in a spin into the gravel when he lost his front wing as you say Proper shame. I was really intrigued to see what he could have done. Um, it seems like I repeat that quite a few times, you know. I think there was a few people this weekend that I was intrigued to see how they could have done in the midfield kind of aspects, but they've just been a bit unlucky with 
track positions and contact of other drivers, probably from those sausage curbs as well and just things like that. Yeah, they caused a bit of chaos this weekend, didn't they, those sausage curbs? But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Max and Lewis did have a slight tussle, as you mentioned. Nothing major really came of that. Lewis had to go wide, but they both got through. Nothing major, but I would like to say Lewis did back off. He backed off because he realised that he wouldn't fit. So he did cut across, but obviously he didn't try and overtake him there because he would have had to have given the place back. But he rejoined the... surely... Surely, if you're heading to a chicane and you know you're not going to fit, surely you'd back off. Every driver would do that, right? Hmm. Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you, Dan? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get get to that. We'll get on to that. But very quickly, that incident with Max and Lewis did allow Lando to then get the jump ahead of Lewis. So he was back into P3 and um, basically started back with a top four. Back at it, coming in, uh, no, not coming in, what's the word I'm looking for? Mixing in with the big boys. Oh, yeah. He's, he's doing He's doing phenomenally, he's doing phenomenally. Um, Daniel Ricciardo was still leading this Grand Prix from Max Verstappen, who was in DRS zone, but in DRS range, sorry. He just couldn't catch him. He just couldn't get there. No, and it was the exact same with Lewis Hamilton and Lando. They were both kind of about eight to seven temps behind the McLarens, um, and they just couldn't do it it was just a bit of like a drs train it obviously they were saying that they had more pace if they could be in front of the mclarens like max was saying he could be fast i think ham was just like i could maybe do it but it just seems that they didn't have enough pace and they weren't able to close the gap enough to be around five or four temps behind them for that main pit straight to be able to perform the overtake and get them into the chicanes and things so but the McLarens this weekend were just looking so racy, so fast. Amazing, amazing. I was living. I thought, here we go. And I would just like to say very quickly, I did say today before the race that I was predicting a double podium for McLaren. And so far, they were living up for it. We had P1 and P3. I was very happy. They were doing They were doing a good job so far. Could they stick to it or not? That's another question. But you'll find out. Dun, dun, dun. We'll find out. <laughs> Max Verstappen was getting a bit frustrated at this point because he could have gone second a lap quicker, according to Red Bull, but he just couldn't get past um, Ricardo Perez and the Ferraris for having a little bit of a battle. But ho ho hum, nothing massive came of that. But you can't overtake it, Imola. There's no Valtteri Bottas, my friends, took 13 laps to go from plum last to tenth. That's one a lap minus three. That's impressive stuff. I know there were slower cars, but that is impressive. No, honestly. And he was on hearts as well. Oh, he was. You're right. Well, you know what, Dan? I'm not here to slate Bottas today. Uh, I I can't fault the man. He was killing it. He was a rocket. I can't say torpedo because we all know that's Daniel Kofiat's name. Danny, um, Danny, Danny's got that title. <laughs> so I was just like, this guy is a rocket. And he was the only guy... To be doing this, you know, Max and um, Hamilton were going, oh, no, I can't do it. Bottas was like, no, this is easy. Look at me go. Easily passing everyone. No problem at all. And like you say, was P10 by lap 13. Like, I was just thinking, let's keep going. Come on. Come on, Bottas. He was doing he was doing incredibly. Some time then passed without a lot going on. Just some more overtakes with Bottas. He got up into eighth. And then Danny Ricciardo came into the pits Beautiful stop by the men in Papaya and women. 2.4 seconds. Smooth. Of course, Max then went into the race lead, but who would blink first out of Mercedes and Red Bull? That was the question, wasn't it? 
It was, but at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, McLaren were Red Bull's main concern that day, it seemed. Um, I was very pleased with that pit stop from McLaren because they have been doing a few three-second pit stops and I was like, this is the day to really kill it. And they did. The pressure didn't get to them. He came out uh, P7, I want to say, just behind um, Carlos Sainz and just in front of Bottas. And um, then it was Max Verstappen to come in first. You nearly broke out into song then, talking about the mechanic pits. I heard that it would jingle in the voice. Oh yeah, that melody <laughs> was yes. coming. <laughs> Max, Versta- Max Verstappen then needed to pit. Max Verstappen did pit, but it's okay. Max Verstappen is pulling into the world's best pit crew. No problem. Exactly. Serves the tyres, out he goes in two seconds. Right? Yeah, well, you know, Red Bull, they've got fastest pit stop this season so far. 1.88 seconds. So you th- easy. They're going to get the race lead, aren't they? What could possibly go wrong? Oh, it was an 11-second pit stop. Absolute shocker. I don't actually... Do you know what happened? Because even from the replay, I couldn't work it out. I thought that right front tyre was on. I don't think I'm right here, so don't, like, come at me. But what it looked like was that the Red Bull mechanic sort of went on the front right and then went, oh, job done, and then realised... Oh, I haven't tightened the wheel. And then I went back a lot later. But I don't think that's what happened. That's just what it looked like from my view. But yeah, that... that uh, uh, Sorry, Verstappen was angry. Well, he was angry after that. That that was really kind of his, if you want to say, only chance to get ahead of Ricardo in a way. Because he had done 24 laps behind the McLaren. And just couldn't get past. So I think their main hopes was like, right, we're going to get the pit stop on them. We can do better than 2.4 probably. And obviously um, the lap when Ricardo was in, I think Max must have gone full send for it. And it it couldn't have gone any more wrong for them. I I was great. in disbelief. Disbelief. That was We all were. Good. I think all the mechanics are probably thinking, well, what the hell's happening? And like you say, I do yeah. think you are right. I think he thought he did the right front and they kind of, he went in again and then that's when they did release him. So from what I've gathered, I do think you are correct. But um, yeah, not 100% sure. Lovely stuff. And while Verstappen was sitting there losing sight of this victory, um, Lewis Hamilton overtook Lando Norris, which yeah. got completely missed on the TV coverage. We only saw, which is fair enough, because Max was in the pits and that was dramatic. We only saw a replay of it, but that this could really play into Hamilton's hands here. It did, and I was really upset because I got so excited. I thought, oh my God, this is it. McLaren 1 and 2, here we go. And then all of a sudden, I just saw Ham was um, at the top of the times. <laughs> and I thought, you're joking me. Really? In the space of like two seconds, you know, Max has had a bit of a, you know, a a stinker of a pit stop and I thought right championship battle here we go and then Ham was first and I was like oh uh, I just I, could, I couldn't I couldn't cope if you could have seen me Dan I was losing it in my living room but I yeah could, I thought of you losing it I could imagine that I mean yes um, I'll, I'll get onto it but yeah it just seemed like Ham was in for it he was going to get those points back everything was now kind of playing into his hands it was. It was beginning to, to tip towards Mercedes. Lando Norris then came into the pits. He came out ahead of Max Verstappen. And he'd had enough problem passing one McLaren, so the last thing that Max Verstappen wanted to see was another McLaren in front of him. But oh. he had that. Yeah, I was just going to say... Lewis it was, Hamilton. It oh, was, sorry, Gone. No, sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, it was kind of perfect. Because I think if Lando was behind Max, that would have been a lot more challenging. Um, and then... 
Hamilton came into the pits, so I'll let you continue with that. Hamilton did indeed come into the pits. He had a slow stop as well, 4.2 seconds. Not slow if you compare it to Red Bull's 11 seconds. But that was a slow stop. And then all of the, everyone's minds immediately said, oh, hang on, who's going to come out of the pits first? Is it going to be Hamilton? Is he going to get ahead of Verstappen? Is Verstappen going to remain ahead of Hamilton? Is Lando Norris going to be the winner out of all of this? Well, Lando Norris was the winner out of all of that. He went through. Turn one, turn two, beautifully. Lewis Hamilton out the pits. Max Verstappen down the straight, wheel to wheel. Hamilton just edged ahead on the inside. And then, boom! What happened? Well, I in there. What didn't happen? I think this is what potentially quite the climax of the season so far because this has been brewing, especially after Silverstone. Which actually, I can't remember which commentator said it. It was either Crofty or um, Martin Brundle on Sky Sports F1, and it seems like these two like to battle during the sprint racing uh, weekends. Which you know, Silverstone, and now here at Monza. It was it was Ted that said that. Oh, it was Ted even. It. Oh, it was, there we go. I'm so sorry, Ted Kravitz. Um, what a legend, yeah. by the way. He's such a legend. Love Ted. Love if Ted. you're listening, <laughs> we love you. Yeah, Ted. If you're listening, come be a guest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Lewis was slightly ahead, but Max was went for it, and he hit the sausage curb, and then got lifted into the air, and went over Hamilton's car. His tyre, his rear right tyre, was on Hamilton's helmet. Um, I would like to say thank goodness for a halo because once again, that saved the day because that could have been really, 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 really bad. Um, But (laughs) by lap 26, we had both championship contenders and you know fighting for the championship this season out of the race they could not continue they couldn't lewis did try and reverse out of that gravel trap but he was well and truly stuck and his rear ring was broken oh, that's hard to say rear wing was broken um <laughs> so yeah both both out of the race they were max was fuming with lewis we didn't really hear what lewis said Given the nature of that incident, though, Max just kind of stormed off. Maybe he should have checked Lewis was okay. What yeah, do you think? I do you think he should have. Oh, 100%. I was a little bit annoyed that he walked away. I understand he was annoyed completely. I understandably, he's out of the race. That was his chance. Obviously, that's not what he wanted. But not to go and, you know, your car is literally on someone else's. Like, his car was on Lewis's car. No matter who Lewis was, I think he should have just gone and checked, be like, you're right, mate, and then walked off and then be angry. But to not check on him, I thought was a little bit out of order. But obviously, in the moment, adrenaline and tensions are running high, so I'm not going to, you know, slate him too much or anything. No, well, it was dramatic. Safety car was, of course, deployed. Both Ferraris pitted, which really benefited them. Um, But I was just going to say, very quickly, uh, I don't know if you wanted to dulge into this as of yet but who do you think was at fault between uh, Max and Lewis should we go into that now why not let's go into that now I believe that Max Verstappen was at fault I don't think he should have had a penalty I think it was Max's fault but too close to a racing incident to give him a penalty for it did the stewards give him a penalty who knows? Oh, mystery. 
<laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that, but it's all right. I'll hold off. Um, yeah, I think this was a tricky one. Um, I felt like it was a racing incident, but I do think that Max was a little bit more to blame than Lewis. I think Lewis definitely could have maybe given him a bit more space, but like Lewis had done on lap one, which I have already said earlier in this podcast, I think that Max should have backed off. It was evident that Lewis was ahead of him. Um, and I do think that Max should have just backed off and then continued on the straight and then, you know, maybe make a move if he was ahead into the next chicane for turn three and four. Oh, that's not turn three and four. You know what I mean. Because... Um, yeah, and obviously, uh, I think on Sky Sports F1, I think Paul DeResta was saying that really the big people, well, not people, should I say, the big thing to blame was the sausage curb because had the sausage curb not been there, it wouldn't have sent Max flying and they would have both been able to have got out of turn two and continue racing, which I do also agree. But I do think, we'll say 60-40 Max, but I do still feel a racing incident. Yeah, yeah, so do I. And... Um- as I briefly mentioned, Charles Leclerc went up to P2 there. Everyone else in the top 10 boxed under the safety car because it was when they needed to pit anyway. So it worked out worked out perfectly for them. Um, after this had happened, we had Ricardo leading the Grand Prix from Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz. Valtteri Bottas was up to sixth, ladies and gentlemen, from P20, or 19 if you don't count Gasly's pit lane start. He was up to sixth, sixth followed by Lance Scholl, Fernando Alonso, George Russell and Nicholas Satifi. Both Williams were in the points at this stage. Yeah, they were They were doing pretty well. You know, I don't think they were probably topped for the top 10 maybe this weekend, considering their qualifying sprint races, um, sprint racing, should I say, performances. But yeah, they were looking pretty good. They were. Safety car came in and then the Ferraris struggled. Norris got ahead of Leclerc and then Bottas got ahead of Sainz almost simultaneously. They just couldn't seem to get going. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one for Ferrari this weekend because they kept just kind of going. It's a bit of a roller coaster ride for them, I would say, because they were just really up and down the entire weekend, you know. With Leclerc in P2, I thought, oh my goodness, like this is really exciting. This is amazing because... Uh, Early in the race, they were, you know, P5 and 6. It was looking really good. It was like, okay, this is good. But then they just couldn't do anything. They, I think they were saying they maybe had a few issues. But like you say, they just, they, they, you know, I think they were being compared to the McLarens with their pace. But personally, they no, <laughs> they, they were nowhere near it. Fair, fair point. Very blunt, but, but fair point. Sorry. Um, <laughs> then the flying fin did it again. Overtick Charles Leclerc, breaking all the local hearts and tending me into meltdown. Um, he was even fourth. It started last. He was fourth. It was amazing. I honestly, I, I, I'm a Bottas fan girl today because I, I just yes. couldn't. I've converted Dan. you. All these news podcasts and this one race review, I've converted you. I don't think you've converted me. I think just Bottas has done well this weekend. So let's I see. am claiming the credit. No, but honestly, this is the Bottas that I really have been wanting to see. And as Dan has said on his T-shirt, this is the weekend that I feel is completely justified for him to have said that line, to who it may concern. And he proved it. He completely proved it. He was was just flying and he was just looking, not 
massively aggressive if you want to say compared to Max and Ham, but aggressive enough to be doing these moves, close enough in the DRS range to be overtaking. And, oh, I was just really, really impressed. Just super impressed. You know, I know I sound like a fanboy, and I am, but there's no other way of saying it. He was he was on mediums, and he was flying compared to everyone else. He went 1.3 seconds quicker than the car in front of him on the same lap. He was absolutely flying along. Meanwhile, Sergio Perez was having a cheeky little battle with Charles Leclerc, gained an advantage by going off the track, and got a five-second penalty. Could that have implications at the end of the race? Maybe. Well, Maybe you know what? Uh, I was really happy he got that penalty because when he did that move, um, I was thinking, hold on, he should be giving that back because he completely cut across the corner and kept position. And I thought, hold on, that's not fair. Why is he not giving that back? And then obviously a lot later into the race, that's when the stewards were then, okay, Perez, you have a five-second penalty. And I just thought that was a lot more fair because... It, he gained an advantage, which you're not allowed to do. And in the... No, I was that was today. Ignore me. Yeah, I was just... I thought it was the right thing to have been served today. I agree. Perez <laughs> has been in F1 long enough. He's big enough and ugly enough. Not that's... I'm not saying he's ugly. It's just a saying, if anyone doesn't know that. Um, to make his own decisions, he knows the rules and he broke the rules. And I just thought it was quite strange how no one from Red Bull were also instructing him, oh, look, Sergio, we need to give the place back because they must have known themselves. Or do you think they were just maybe thinking, oh, I think we may have got away with it, guys. Let's keep quiet. I think they thought that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, That didn't age very well, did it? <laughs> what a shame. Perez had a five-second penalty. And then, you know, Bottas so nearly got past him, but it, he did stall a bit now. He couldn't, his mediums had gone a bit off. He couldn't, he'd lost the momentum that he had Yeah. at this I point. I think he almost a little bit overshot it into that um, corner. Um, Broke maybe a little bit too late. He kind of had to because he was only a little bit ahead of Perez and that was the only way he could kind of ensure he would. And then coming out into that uh, last turn before the straight, he didn't have the the right traction and kind of speed he needed compared to Perez and he just went flying. But it was a real shame. I was really excited for that. So was I, so was I. It was at this point in the race that Lando Norris tried a cheeky little cryptic radio message to his McLaren team saying, do you think it's best for us to stay where I am? To which they basically replied, yeah. So it didn't quite work out the way that I think Lando was hoping it'd work out. You know, he knew a McLaren was going to win the race. As Martin Brundle said, he wanted it to be his. Yeah. Worth an ask. It, it is. Um, I don't blame him. Obviously, that is definitely the racer in him. He would have wanted to you know, be standing on that top step of the podium and he wanted to win. But for me, I was happy with that team order because Ricardo has, I feel he, firstly, he's needed this, but obviously in the sprint qualifying, he was the one who made the jump, got into P3, which then allowed him to start second today. Then he did that amazing start and he was leading it from then. And I thought, brilliant. And then when Lando said that, I thought, okay, you may have more pace, but as well for me as you know, a Lando Norris fan, I want Lando's win to be something that he's earned. And today I felt Ricardo was earning that himself. So it was the right order, in my opinion. And I was very pleased with that. Yeah, so no team orders. But does that mean Lando would fight Daniel? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Um, Mazepin then 
pulled over, had a problem with his hass, which I almost forgot happened, to be honest. Um, a very quick virtual safety car as the car was rolled away. Nothing nothing major there. Daniel Ricciardo still led the Grand Prix. Lando was about two seconds behind him, uh, about 1.6 seconds behind him, actually, with four laps to go. So not bad, not bad. Keeping tabs, keeping tabs. Bottas was fourth, but he did know that Perez had this penalty. I think he would have been more aggressive if he knew he needed third on track yeah. to get third. He knew that he could just sit in fourth and not risk anything stupid because he wasn't going to win the race at that point. Yeah, well, that was the thing. So with Lando being like 1.6 uh, um, behind Ricardo, he did also ask um, the team and Will Joseph, his engineer, right, can can Daniel kind of hurry up a bit? Because obviously Perez was breathing down his neck. Um, and then I think once Daniel started to increase that pace, Lando felt a lot more comfortable. Um, and like you say, Bottas made that move. It didn't work out. And I think in the end, he knew that he could stick with Perez definitely within five seconds, easily. So there was kind of no need to make a silly move, no need to kind of jeopardise that and ruin all the hard work he's done because um, he was guaranteed P3. He was guaranteed P3. You know, the, these constructors' points, he's the only one that can score constructors' points for Mercedes this weekend. He wanted to make sure that he scored constructors' points for Mercedes this weekend. He did not want to risk doing anything silly. But I also thought it was quite fun because obviously... Uh, you know, we've got Max and Lewis, who are the championship contenders, but are both obviously also in Mercedes and Red Bull. And now we had the, if you want to say, well, it is true, the number two drivers of Red Bull and Mercedes battling. And it was both important for both these drivers to perform as the main drivers and championship contenders were out of the runnings. And you know, Sergio made that mistake and Bottas completely capitalised on that and made sure that he wasn't going to mess up. He did a better job. He did a better job than Perez. No other way of putting it. And then we came on to the final lap. And then the moment that every Papaya fan had been waiting for. He went to Renault. He's gone to McLaren. He's going to get the victory now. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Lando Norris comes up to make it a one-two for the men from Woking. Sergio Perez comes home to take third on the road, but he drops down to fifth because of that five-second time penalty. Bottas on the podium for an eighth time this season. He did it. He did it. I, I'm like, even just listening to that now, I'm fully welling up. Like, <laughs> I can't believe she, to, it. She's not just saying that. She <laughs> is. I could, she is genuinely welling up right now. Honestly... When when the whole Max and Lewis thing happened, I was screaming just because I was thinking, this is it, McLaren 1 and 2. Like, I, I said it, I wanted it to happen, but I wasn't didn't think it was going to happen like this anyways. And I completely lost my voice. I was a mess. And then I just thought, oh God, have I just let out all that emotion, you know, 20 laps before? But no, as soon as both of the Papaya McLaren boys crossed that line, I was in a flood of tears. I was just so happy. And it was just so amazing to see how happy the team were, how happy the drivers were. It was just perfect. It was the most beautiful thing. And I have to say, I did want that P3 position to be uh, held by Bottas. And he did. So he did. I was very happy with that outcome. And you, were, you were very happy. In the words of Pam from Gavin and Stacey, you were crying all afternoon. That's what you were doing. 
You were buzzing. You were absolutely buzzing. Um, what a podium. You know, Baltroop, is, we've, okay, we've spoken about Daniel Ricciardo, amazing, amazing job to finish P1. Lando Norris, amazing, amazing job to finish P2. Valtteri Bottas was plumb last and took a spot on the podium. That oh, was an wow. epic drive. Epic drive. What a drive. Him. Amazing. Like, I really can't fault him. Um, I mean, if you guys haven't actually listened to the news podcast, I have said things about Bottas. I have said he can't overtake, in, especially in the wet. Uh, you know, I'm not... No offence to him. I'm never usually this positive about the guy. But he killed it. I am. I, I know you are, Dan. But I am. <laughs> I, I really am impressed by him. I just thought it was amazing. And the way he was cutting through that field today, I just thought, I really want him on that podium. And those words have never really come out of my mouth before. Um, but he totally deserved it today. After the weekend he's had, if he didn't start last, I do think he probably, well, probably, he did deserve to win today's race. Um, had he you know, was able to maintain his pole position despite not having to uh, change his power unit. But, yeah, incredible. Incredible. And also, he was holding the fastest lap, but and that last, as he crossed the line, Daniel Ricciardo got fastest lap. What a guy. And you know, you know what? Yeah, that was good. That was Lando good. was only one-tenth off it as well. Like, these boys had pace. And it was the first one to since Canada... 2010 and i think oh, their last win was in 2012 in mclaren uh wow. oh like this has been a long time coming and especially and you know what sorry here we go i'm gushing now daniel ricardo in his post-race interview said i never left which is completely amazing because everyone's gone oh he's gone he's lost it he doesn't deserve to be anymore he needs to lose that seat hey he is amazing. How dare you not believe in the man? He struggled a bit at the beginning, but he got it together. And let me just say one more thing. He was struggling with the braking with that McLaren. <laughs> Don't be scared. Because of the MCL35M, he was struggling with the braking. And guess what? Monza, you need to brake because you're absolutely flying down those straights. And you then... need to brake at every circuit. No, but look, just Monza. No, let me explain. You really have to brake for those really sharp chicanes. Dan! <laughs> Don't ruin my moment. Um, I'm just laughing. <laughs> no, basically, this is really important to break at this track because it of is. How yeah, you are right. It is me. really important to break when you're in an F1 car. You are absolutely right. Right, I'm not having this. Guys. <laughs> not having this. Those so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry to the listeners. You literally have a massive Valtteri Bottas fan and a massive McLaren fan on a race where the podium was a McLaren and Valtteri Bottas. It's just an episode of Fanboy. It's brilliant. <laughs> I promise this wasn't planned. This is a very spontaneous um, choice for Dan we, and I to it, do the podcast. It's just it, it, insane yeah. that it played, it played very well for us. This could have been a very different podcast. <laughs> Thankfully, it's played into our hands perfectly. Um, you know, uh, um, absolutely in- incredible. I can't fault. I can't fault any of the podium drivers today. Just to run you through the rest of the order: Charles Leclerc P4, Sergio Perez after his penalty dropped to P5, Carlos Sainz P6, Lance Stroll P7, decent result. Uh, Ocon, uh, not Ocon, Alonso P8, Russell P9. He got points, and everyone just forgot there was so much going on. Too much going on, but. Once again, really great from George Russell. Really good. It was good. It was very good from George Russell. Esteban Ocon, P10, just a one point. Nicholas Latifi, 
agonisingly close in P11. I'm gutted for Nicholas. I love Nicholas. Seb Vettel P12, Giovinazzi P13. Never really recovered from that spin, which is a shame because he's Mr. Saturday. He's the new Mr. Saturday. Schumacher was the last classified finisher in P15. And then Mazepin, Hamilton, Verstappen, Gasly and Sonoda all either did not finish or in Sonoda's case did not start uh, the Grand Prix. But just a quick word on Sebastian Vettel. I do feel a bit gutted for him because I think he definitely could have been in the top 10 today. Um, at, I think it was the opening lap. He got passed by Lance Stroll in a bit of a bit of a sticky way. It wasn't, you know, the greatest way and it jeopardised him. He lost three places because of that. And then I think he had a bit of an issue with someone else later in the race. I can't remember who. Oh, was it Schumacher, actually? It he was. He did hit with Schumacher, yeah. He did and touch Schumacher. And Schumacher had a little spin. So, um, yeah. Schumacher he... spun when Mazepin hit him. Um, oh, but yeah, he there. hit Seb before that as well. Yeah. <laughs> An incident-filled couple of laps about three quarters of the way through. <laughs> it was, it's, you know what, too much happened today. My brain is completely frazzled. Um <laughs> Yeah, I just feel a bit sorry for Vettel, but I'd like to say Latifi is, I think he's, we've said it before, but he's massively improved. He's doing really well. To be 11th with, if you want to say, people behind him, really, really good result. And hopefully he will be able to get more points in the future races and actually in the 2022 with Alex Albon. Um, to run you through the DHL awards, Daniel Ricciardo got fastest lap, as you mentioned. Driver of the day went to Daniel Ricciardo. Was he your driver of the day? He was, actually. Um, you know what? My dad did say Bottas. Um, there you go. Oh, let's I go. Know. I know. Charlotte's dad. <laughs> um, Bottas would have been, but I just thought Ricciardo just was f- faultless. You know. But yeah, it, they need to give them both, really, don't they? Like They both deserve driver of the day. Yeah, I, my only reason... sensational. I mean, it wasn't Bottas's fault why he started last, but that is literally the only reason. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but just... You've got an because... engine penalty. How dare he? No, no, not because of that. I mean, only because, like, Daniel just has been... And he started fifth on Friday. Then he got to P3. Then he started second today. Then he got first. And then he just was faultless. It was just perfect. So, for me... That was driver of the day. However, Bottas was a very close second. Very, very close second. Because, like I say, I couldn't fault the guy either. He he proved himself massively today. And it was a bit of like a, ha Mercedes, look what you've just dropped. Um, yeah, incredible. I mean, I guess yours is Bottas, Dan, hey? No, mine is um, Lance Stroll. No, I'm joking. Of course it's Bottas. But I do think Ricardo deserves it. Just as much, and I think they were they were on equal terms. But to go from plum last to P three at a track where Lewis Hamilton couldn't overtake anyone, exactly, I think deserves driver of the day. But it was not done yet. There was a lot of chat about the incident between Lewis and Max post race. Lewis said it was Max's fault. Max said it was Lewis's fault. Whose fault? We've done whose fault. Do you think it was? Um. Tojo Wolf said he kind of thinks it was a racing incident. Christian Horner didn't really give a view. Um, One thing Toto Horner did well, say. He... Toto Horner, sorry. Toto um, Horner. Toto Horner. One thing Toto Wolf did say was that he thinks it was almost like a tactical foul from Max. He knew if Lewis overtook him, he was going to win the race. So he said, I'm just going to crash into him. I don't think that happened. No. Uh, they were both I, summoned to the stewards. But yes. what do you think of all this? Um, well, like I've said before, I do think it's a racing incident, but 
I think more than anything, I do think Max should have backed out. Yes, Lewis definitely could have given him a little bit more room, but I do think Max should have just yielded just for that chicane and then have a go a bit later. Um, because as you can see, there was no space. He wasn't in front of Lewis. And the only option was climbing over that sausage curb, which sent him flying. Um, I do think I did see Christian Horner saying it was obviously more Lewis, which is a massive shock. Couldn't believe it. My goodness. Couldn't believe he said that. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I think he was saying it was more Lewis to blame. We should have given him more space, blah, 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 blah. But, um, yeah, they, I wasn't actually as angry from either of the... Uh, uh, team principles. I think <laughs> when uh, Toto spoke to Sky Sports F1, the first thing he said, "Well, let's see what the stewards say." He was just very like plain, like, "Nope, I'm not. I'm not gonna give you anything." I'll tell you what, I did love it was Bottas in the uh, Park Ferme interview speaking to David <laughs> Coulthard, and he yeah. said, "Oh, look at this incident behind you, Bottas." And Bottas kind of went, "Oh, yeah, I came third, but like, he just couldn't care less." <laughs> it I was don't literally blame him. Oh no. Like... Anyway, yeah. that was literally what it was. I don't blame him. He's just done a really good race. He's just yeah. came third on his own. Like, really, really, really good performance. And they're going, oh, but what about, you know, your teammate and Max, who you're not in, you know, the championship contention with? What do you think about their stuff? And he was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. Can we just ask about me? You know, I did well. I thought, yeah, go on, Batas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't blame him, to be honest. I don't blame him. Max and Lewis did go to the stewards, and the stewards determined that Max Verstappen was predominantly at fault for that incident and have given him a three-place grid penalty for yes. the next race in Russia. Harsh? Um, I did expect nothing to happen. I didn't think... I thought, personally, uh, they obviously DNF'd, and I kind of did think that would be it. Um, it is a bit of a shock. I don't really know what I was expecting because, like I say, I do still feel that it was a little bit more of a racing incident. But mm. yeah, it's 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 harsh, but you could say it's fair at the same time. The stewards, uh, David Croft, Crofty, has tried to summarise it, and he's basically said that they wanted to give Max the same penalty they gave to Lewis at Silverstone, but obviously the race was done. So three seconds, a uh, three-place grid penalty, 10 seconds was the closest. Because it's like mid-ground, isn't it? Like, it's not a five-second penalty. Like, it's not a stop and go. It's three places, 10 seconds, kind of what how Crofty's summarised it. But that's a weird one because the thing is with Silverstone, because um, once again, I still, still believe it was a racing incident, but when I saw it, and when we were both there, <laughs> um... I, I, sorry, <laughs> little flex. Um, I, flex. <laughs> I definitely thought that Lewis was going to get a penalty because he was still in the race and he was second still. He wasn't out of the race, um, but Max was. Whereas this one, they were both out of the race and <laughs> Max's car was on Lewis's head quite literally. Um, you know, Lewis, I think actually um, when it was you know, post-race interviews and media and stuff like that, you saw Lewis had a bit of, like, some tape on his neck because, more than understandably, he's probably been a little bit injured on the old neck compared to Max, who just had to jump out of the car. So yeah. I I think that logic is a bit strange, but 
you said something before we start recording the podcast actually about Max, uh, which I would like you to say to our viewers about um, what he may do in Russia. Oh, yes, I did. I wouldn't be surprised if Max takes an engine penalty in Russia because he has to take one at some point. Why not do it when you've already got a penalty? Because Lewis also needs to take one. And Sochi is normally a Mercedes track. He could he could well take an engine penalty in Russia. Yeah, because when you said that to me, I was like, oh my goodness, really? That's interesting. But like you say, he's already at a deficit and he's already going to be further back than he'd want to. He's obviously not going to be on pole. Um, but then if he does take that engine penalty, is it the argument that, say, if he gets pole and he could be, like, you know, P4, is then that he could still, you know, get those points? So is that still a risk? But then obviously you don't want to keep leaving it. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a hard one. I really don't know what they're going to do. I really, I really don't know what to say. Who knows? We will only find out when we get to Sochi. Um, interestingly, the stewards said that they used CCTV to analyse this accident as well, not just the TV cameras, which I thought was interesting. Um, also, I think Max might have understood the direction that Red Bull gave him when Red Bull said that it is very important that they finish above Lewis. I think Max took that a bit too literally and literally finished on top of Lewis. <laughs> yeah, seems so. <laughs> Just a tad, a tad too literal there. So in terms of what this means for the Drivers' Championship, Max Verstappen still leads the way but with 226.5 points, followed by Lewis Hamilton in 221.5 points. Horrible 0.5. I hate it. But they cancelled each other out. Max would be two points is two points further ahead now than he was at the start of the weekend because of the sprint qualifying points. Valtteri Bottas maintains P3 with 141. Lando Norris closes that gap slightly in P4 with 132. Sergio Perez is P5 with 118. And then at the latter end, Kubica and Mazepin, oh, and Schumacher, are the only drivers yet to score, with Giovinazzi having one, Kimi with two, Latifi with seven, George with 15. Constructor standings, well, Bottas came in clutch this weekend. He scored every Constructor's point Mercedes got and they've extended their lead in the Constructor's Championship. Shouldn't have fired him. Uh, with 362.5 <laughs> points. Red Bull Racing a second with 344.5. McLaren a third with 215. Pulling a bit of a gap on Ferrari in fourth, who are on 201.5. Alpine, Alpha Tauri, Aston Martin, Williams, Alfa Romeo and Haas make up the rest of that. Wow, that was quite the review. That was quite the race. That was quite the weekend. Any closing comments? Yeah, it's just very, very quickly before we fully wrap up, just want to say a bit on the uh, standings. Daniel Ricciardo was originally the highest placed driver without podium and, well, he smashed that and got a win. So uh, that's a very good result from him. Uh, and in regards to the McLaren and Ferrari battle in the constructors, Ferrari were leading with 11 points originally. Um, before coming to Monza, and now McLaren ahead on 13. Woo-woo! So, um, yeah, we have got some tight championship battles this year, um, obviously between Mercedes and Red Bull, Max and Lewis, but also for P3 in the drivers, I feel it is between Bottas, Lando and Perez. I don't think you can definitely count out Lando. He He's one to watch. Um, and the same with uh, constructors for P3. You know, McLaren or Ferrari, who's going to get it? Um, but yeah, this per weekend was great. It was. Perez needs to sort out his qualifying if he wants to uh, 
to finish third. I think it will be between Bottas and Lando. We go to Sochi next, where Bottas is typically very strong. Verstappen has a three-place penalty. Could Mercedes take an inch penalty? Who knows, who knows? I'm sure a lot more fallout will come from this in the coming week. If only we had a news podcast. Oh, we do! The Woo! News Roundup show will be out midweek, of course, bringing you through the news, views and opinions, all the rumours, all the lovely juicy gossip from the fallout from the Dutch Grand Prix. Just before we finish, quick shout out to Formula 2. That was great this weekend. Did you see any of it? Uh, unfortunately, I did miss it as I was working. <laughs> I wish I hadn't have asked the question now. Never mind. Um, but the races were absolutely manic this weekend. But you know what? I will catch up on it. And I do think it was a very good weekend for Australian drivers. Am I right? You are right. Oscar Piastri has extended his championship lead to 149 points. Gwen Joe remains in second with 134. Robert Schwartzman is P3 with 113. Oh, of course, F2 Alpha seat. They're all going to be trying to find Giovinazzi's seat. Giovinazzi's putting in very strong performances. He's getting very unlucky. It's, who knows? Who knows? Dan Tickdom's in fourth with 104 points. Teo Pulcher, who's younger than me, oh, that's depressing, is on <laughs> 94 points. Yuri Vips is on 90. Jay Hander Ruvlet is in seventh with 81. Liam Lawson, Drogovic, and Richard Vashort make up the rest of the top 10. That is it for the Italian Grand Prix race review. What a race. What a weekend. What a sport. Wow. And this is why I love Formula One. It just honestly just never fails to amaze me. It is such, it's just so amazing. I'm just going to gush again. I just love it. And this weekend proves why. You just never know what's going to happen. And this season is just doing the exact same. It is amazing. I don't want it to end. I don't want to get to Abu Dhabi. Let's just keep going. I just don't, I just don't want it to end, Dan. Let's just roll with this. 2021 every year. Well, to be fair, hopefully the new cars bring this kind of battle every year. Yeah, fingers crossed know. on that. Fingers crossed. You never know. You never know. Make sure you tune in to the news podcast midweek. We will hope to see everyone then. We hope you enjoyed today's show. We hope you enjoyed the Italian Grand Prix. Charlotte, thank you very, very, very much for coming on. Thank you very much, Dan. I had a wonderful time. What a result. We're both so happy. Uh... Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope you don't mind us gushing over our drivers and teams. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for our fan, fanboy and fangirl evenings. But what better way would you want to spend the evening than talking about your favourite F1 drivers absolutely bossing it? Thank you very much for listening. We will see everyone soon. Goodbye. Network.